Hey everyone, Mike here. On this episode of Mountain and Marsh, I call in with Philip Robbins of Infected Outdoors from East Central Texas to talk about hog hunting and the devastation that hogs have on landscapes. Thanks, guys. I hope you enjoy. Please rate and review wherever possible. And make sure you give Infected Outdoors some follow on Instagram, Facebook, and uh, watch the YouTube channel. This podcast is brought to you by Ward Business Group, Central Maryland's premier construction management and general contracting company. They are licensed and insured and provide a full range of services and products. Their services include, but are not limited to, lawn and landscape, excavation and land clearing, welding and custom fabrication, and snow removal. They also have products for sale, such as sand, stone, mulch, and firewood. Ward Business Group serves Central Maryland and the surrounding areas. Ward Business Group is an affiliate of Invisible Fence brand of Carroll County and Invisible Fence brand of Delmarva. Check them out on Facebook via their website, or you can contact Justin Ward with any inquiries at 410-984-4020. All right, everybody, I'm here with Phil Robbins from Infected Outdoors. Phil, why don't you introduce yourself to everybody? Uh, infected outdoors, yes, yes, in, yeah, infected outdoors. Um, why don't you tell everybody where you're from and uh, how you got into doing this thing? Well, um, I grew up uh, in Marque, Texas, a very small town between Waco and College Station, Texas. Uh, we uh, started pig hunting, kind of just doing spotlighting, you know, just like you would like when we were kids and never got big into the thermal industry never thought we needed it because we used to just shoot like about 10 pigs a night and then i finally said screw it and bought a thermal and i never looked back uh ever since then we've been able to pick up quite a bit of property and just helping out all the local farmers and ranchers and uh started infected outdoors uh probably two three years uh, ago and uh it's been blessed running it and doing youtube and showing everybody and teaching everybody about feral hogs yeah so uh when where, when did you start hunting when you were you like uh were you a little kid and your family took you out or yeah. how'd that start i started hunting uh i was probably 11 i think i started hunting up with my grandpa down around Navasota, texas he has uh, some river bottom land and I started deer hunting. I never really got into big pig hunting and anything like that until probably my high school year when we used to run dogs. We I'd go with friends and had a few dogs, and we chase chase pigs around uh, with dogs. Uh, I did that for a long time. Uh, kind of got out of uh, the pig hunting industry. I joined the Marine Corps, and we I hunted goat hunted bow bow hunted mainly. That's all I mainly did, and then. Came back to Texas and I started bow hunting uh, pigs and then finally started picking up a rifle and started shooting as many as I could. There you go. Um, so with the infected outdoors, when and how did you decide, all right, I'm going to do this thing and we're going to Instagram it and we're going to YouTube it? How'd that start? Um, 
it was actually my cousin who started it. He, uh, he, he, we got, we started in pretty much 2014, actually. And we didn't take it real serious. We just figured, hey, we'll just post a few, few videos and everything like that. And then about three, four years ago, we got real serious on it. We just saw the potential. Not many people were doing thermal videos on YouTube. And we had so much content that we said, man, let's just let's just go for it and try our best and see if we can make something out of it. And in and, the and last three, four years, it's grown insanely from uh, what we thought it was going to be. And, um, man, I love it. Uh, I'm pretty dedicated to the page. Uh, my cousin uh, kind of went through a life crisis this past year and kind of kind of calmed down on it. But uh, for me, it's just this has almost been my lifestyle. I just it's, I really enjoy teaching people. I know there's a lot of people I get comments on why you do this, why, why, what do you do with meat, everything like that, and just educating uh, people with the feral hogs just because a lot of people, yes, they're almost all over the United States, but you don't really see the damage until maybe you come to Texas or Louisiana and Georgia, stuff like that. I mean, it's insane. And just teaching people what these animals can do and um, how invasive they can get and just, just teaching people that, you know, it, it's probably going to be coming your way eventually be ready kind of thing yeah we so the only thermal hunting that anybody does up here is coyotes and it's not they're not the same but there is a there's a need to kill coyotes up here not at not at the same rate as the hogs down there but they multiply up here like crazy and i have a good buddy um i just did a podcast with him uh a month ago or so justin riggins and he is he has completely stopped hunting anything else except for maybe a couple deer sits a year and he completely you know decked out for expensive guns expensive scanners expense like all the whole thing just for the coyotes and and they are so they decimate you know deer populations up here and so oh, yeah. yeah they uh we we do quite a bit of tournaments. We, uh, I mean, we'll shoot them if we see them. If I see them in my cattle pastures or something like that, I'll shoot them. But we really only go after them from January through March. And because uh, there's so many competitions we get into, that's like the start of competition. But uh, we control them pretty well uh, just because we can hunt them all year round. I know a bunch of states, they have a season on them and everything like that. But they do do pretty good damage on cows and it with you shooting pigs like we do, uh, they get to feed well on them. So, yeah, I know you had talked about uh, the how hogs when we talked before about how like hogs just decimate farmland and native plant life. Can you kind of go into that a little bit and just let people know what that's all about? I don't think people understand that they do that. Yeah, so um, there's different statistics and studies out there. Um, anywhere from like 2 billion to 500 million in damage in Texas alone through pigs. Um, and that goes from, you know, it, when you plant corn, they, you know, corn's their favorite food. So when corn comes, what they'll do is they'll actually stop it down. And so, you know, your harvester can't even uh, harvest that corn. And then they also, that's a big thing on the crop around here. And then we also, they'll come and graze wheat when we harvest uh, before, like, right when it's real short, like, it's just coming up, and uh, they'll come through just like cattle and graze it off, 
where you can, it won't be harvestable. And then also for cattle pastures and, and then even that farmland, they, they uh, root up. They love rooting up and pretty much they will dig, dig these big holes and um, just try to get grubs and get in the root system. They love doing that and they'll go all over your place. I've seen, I've seen a 40 acre oak patch get destroyed in one night. And the problem with that is a um, bunch of these farmers and ranchers, you know, they don't, you know, they're pretty small and a group of pigs come in that do that to that place. And it, it's just so hard on your equipment trying to sit, you got to till it back in, uh, replant. And there's some of these farmers just let it go. It, it, and it, it's actually sad. There's a lot of property that we hunt that you could tell that back, you know, a couple of years ago, it was probably really good pasture land. And now it's just destroyed. And uh, the Bermuda grass and everything, it doesn't come back. It's usually weeds is that, that comes back. And um, it's just too hard to bring a tractor in there. You break an axle. I've seen people just big uh, tractors, big expensive tractors get destroyed just driving down, you know, a cattle pasture and then hitting a rut. You you don't see it. The weeds cover the ruts up and you hit these holes. It looks like a big bull hole. I mean, it could be three foot deep and four foot long. And you could have that on the whole pasture. It's, I mean, it's, it's really devastating. Uh, they, they also uh, erode. There's a bunch of times where, you know, they could root up again in ditches and then it rains and washes that away, ditches away. Um, I mean, there's a lot of stuff they do. They're very, uh, to the native plants, they, I mean, they, they're, they'll graze just like cattle. They'll go through and, you know, completely destroy native grasses um, by just browsing. I mean, they do, there's nothing good about a pig, I guess, a, a feral pig anyway. And, um, it's very devastating to the farmers. Cost them a lot of money. Um, there is programs out there that you can get Texas Parks and Wildlife out there, and they'll help you if you do it. all the corn. I mean, we had to change. Uh, there's corn now seed, so when you plant, they might go through there and dig each kernel up and eat it, and you don't know that they did that until uh, it starts coming up, and you realize half your corn's gone because the pig can't sit there and dug each kernel up. So. That, that we we uh, put in place um, this is corn that's coated with a uh, it's coated with something that they don't like the taste of, so they'll try to stay off of it. So if, as long as you do everything that you're in power uh, to try to stop feral pigs from destroying your property, and then bring Texas Parks and Wildlife or anybody who runs a helicopter and shoots pigs out of a helicopter, uh, they'll help you on the insurance on uh, crop damage and stuff like that. Yeah, it sounds like to be a small-time farmer, it's it's a losing business because if there's that many hogs and they aren't taken care of, you know, I don't know how quickly they breed, but if they breed enough that you decimate the population and two years later you're still in the same spot and you're a small-time farmer, I don't know how a smart small-time farmer would survive that. Oh, it, it, it it's very – I've seen 5,000-acre cattle operations have to cut their cattle in half, try to keep up with their pastures coming back and redisking. You know, I mean, high-end cattle that they just had to sell because they say we do have a drought, and then you have pigs on top of it. I mean, that's 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 horrible. And then you know, a pig, it's a three-month, three-week, three-day. So once a pig is born, about three months, uh, they can be bred, 
and they'll have eight to 15 piglets in three months, three days, three weeks, three days. So you're looking at a sow. I want to say if you do the statistics on it, if you have a sow and a boar, a female and a male, and they breed one year almost by 18 months, that could be 125 days. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I did not yeah. realize that. <laughs> So yeah, it, it, I mean they they the breeding is out of control, and there's a bunch of stuff out there that they've tried. Um, Texas A&M, I believe, came out with a poison for pigs, but uh, it got denied just because the pigs they were scared, cattle ranches were scared that the pigs would you know if they died they'd probably go to water and go to the stock tanks and die in stock tanks. Yeah. So they didn't that around. Um, so that got denied, and then they. Uh, are working on a they have a sterile feed that will make your your boars sterile but the only thing is is you know boars travel so much and have to stay in their system and eat it constantly so it, it, it's kind of very ineffective and expensive it's just something you know they're just something they're trying and uh they tried also that same kind of poison uh with feeders only like pigs can get in the feeders but that's you know that's still something that's just so far out there and the best way to you're never going to get rid of pigs i'll tell you that i i I don't think we'll ever get rid of feral pigs um the only the best way to go about it is trying to control the numbers and um controlling their numbers texas parks and wildlife did a study we have to kill 66 percent a feral hog and there's over two two and a half to five million pigs in the state of texas alone and we're only killing 23 percent as of last year i believe yeah i know that they've populated in the appalachia mountains i mean i i hunt i've hunted the mountains my whole life and i know that they're populated down in georgia i just i talked to a guy brandon down in georgia has taxidermy shop down there and uh, he he hunts with a bow down there, traditional bow, and he was saying that that now you can just shoot hogs in the mountain. I'm like, in the mountain, like you ne- you never would have expected. No. Well, you know, when I see a video of hog hunting, it's it's 95 percent of the time it's flat or just slight roll in a in a hill, but it's never mountain. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, and I, so I grew up in Texas, and when I was in Hawaii, they have feral pigs. And it took me six months. I see the sign and everything. It took me six months to figure out those pigs because I've never seen pigs go up mountain. I mean, this, you know, Hawaii's very elevated. And we were staying in the bottom, and it took me six months to figure out that these pigs were climbing all the way up on top of these mountains, you know, anywhere from 2,500 feet above sea level to 4,000 feet above sea level. And going on the back side of the mountain during the day and coming down at night. You can't hunt pigs at night there, so that's what it was also so challenging about two pigs. But when I saw that, it was so hard to train to climb up those mountains to believe that a pig was doing it. It was it was insane, and um, I, I that really you know was eye opener to show that how adaptive these animals are and you know what they can go through. Yeah, and they I had read that they destroy like native animal populations, like they'll, they'll uproot nests and things. Is that true? Yep. Quail, quail, uh, quail's a bad one. Uh, you know, all your, you know, road runners, 
stuff like that. Anything that pretty much burrows into the ground, um, they'll go in there and, you know, I mean, they don't know what they're doing, but they'll destroy. And, uh, they, they, they are, uh, they will eat meat. They, they will eat, you know, their other, you know, they will eat their own piglets, uh, stuff like that. And they will eat quail. And I've seen them eat cow, dead cows before, uh, seen pigs come out of the cow. Um, so, I mean, they, they will eat animals and they root up. Well, is the main one that I know of that they really have hit hit very hard around West Texas area. And and it seems like it's almost like up. I don't know about in your area, but upland birds have always been behind the eight ball. It always seemed like, and now there's also hogs down there, you know, tearing them up. Yes, I mean, it's, that, there's places up north. Um, I, if they ever get so far north, especially around, you know, your crop, like Missouri, northern Missouri, any of your cropland, stuff like that, and then the birds and everything like that, I could see a very substantial, uh, you know, difference in your quail or, I mean, your duck off the population, stuff like that. That'll be, you know, when, when they hit maybe like Kansas, you know, on the, on the plains and they, they start tearing up pheasant populations. That's or may or the oh, yeah. the Dakotas. That's when things will re- the government will really have to step it up because you know how people are out there about pheasants and, and stuff. And you know, a pretty good population in Canada right now, and that there's a lot of places you'll be surprised. It's, you're not able to shoot them. They don't know. You know. You know. You have. You know. Your animal activists and everything like that, but it's against the wall to shoot them even though they're not native to the property or you know they put so much restrictions on how to shoot them or how to kill them or how to take care of them um it's insane and you know that's just hurting the people who the landowners and everything like all the hunters are is just going to be hurting them on the longer run and take that much longer to try to control their numbers if they don't do something about it yeah it's almost like if you don't get it, like you'd think they would, they would have learned by now watching Texas struggle that the rest of the U S would have learned by now. And in, and, and the, the rest of the North American continent would have learned by now, but instead they're allowing themselves to sit back. And that's probably going to be a big mistake in the next call it five to 10 years. That could be a huge mistake. Oh, Oh yes. And, and, and it's coming. Uh, I mean, if you look at the stats on Texas on the population, I mean, we there's a lot of people that just their incomes off pigs. That's all they do is you know get pigs for other reasons, and uh, the numbers are out of control. I mean, we we do everything we can, and it seems like we have the same amount of pigs every year. So we'll, we'll two uh, two to three thousand pigs a year, and it's like that's just that many is there again. Yeah, I always see you guys just. I mean, just hammering some hogs. Back of the truck's full. What happened? Are hogs good? I've never had wild hog. I've had people tell me different stuff. Is you know, are hogs good? Uh, it's uh, it's very. It's kind of like a, I guess duck. It, it depends on the person and but and how you prepare it. I like it if it uh, smaller pigs around the thirty to forty round of pound mark, and also how it's killed uh if it's killed and doesn't move it's not bad but if you you know if it stresses out if you run them with dogs i wouldn't eat it i wouldn't eat one pig i think it's the grossest thing i ever had but some of the best stuff i ever had was 
pig also. It, it just it, it varies on the pig and what their diet is. The best pig I ever ate was in Hawaii. It, I mean, better than domestic, but all they eat is mangoes and fruit, so it's like a sweet meat. And that thing stressed out. We shot it with a bow before it died. And uh, I was like, there's no way this is going to be good. And we put it on the pit, and it was one of the best pigs I ever had. But uh, it, it tends, uh, we, we, I mean, we shoot so many, so uh, we do take the back straps out on a few and uh, give them to some people and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, it is, it's kind of up to you. It really is. It doesn't taste, I'll tell you, it doesn't taste like a pork chop to go get at the grocery store. So when you get all those hogs, what, what happens with these hogs? So um, we do three things, uh, and I know I'm going to get hate on some of this. Um, about, I'd say at least 60 to 75% gets wasted. Um, that's just because, you know, we are in the business of eradication of pigs. And when you go, we're hunting our best times in August. It'd be 90 degrees out here in Texas. And time you shoot all those pigs, you know, most of them are already bloated and wasted. So we kind of just dump them and shoot dogs on top of them. Uh, we do, I do have uh, people that I will let know or everybody know that, hey, we're going to go out tonight. We're going to be in this area. If you want to come, if you want to get a pig, let me know. We'll drop one off. You know, we'll meet here, but it might be three o'clock in the morning. It might be midnight. And a lot of people say, man, I'll come get those pigs. I'll come get those pigs. Uh, just let me know. And then, you know, I let them know. And they're, I get a message in the morning. Oh, man, I was sleeping. I was like, I mean, that's just the part of the game is that, you know, that a lot of people hate on us for wasting meat. But in the long run, it's actually helped you from cost of farmland and, every, you know, more, more money they have to spend harder on the consumer at the end. Well, so, no, nobody says a word when I, you know, when we shoot a couple coyotes and then bury them, like nobody, yeah, nobody no. cares about it at a coyote. And I, I think they think of a pig as naturally food. And I, I've always heard, cause I've never been on a hog hunt up here. There are a lot of people that go South to hunt hogs because it's a fun thing. We, I live about 35, 40 minutes from the Harrisburg farm show complex it's where the uh the great american outdoor show is it's going to be mm -hmm. held next month i can yep. go there when every year whenever you know if whenever i want i can go to that show and every year there are people from texas and people from i want to say like maybe the south georgia like things like that that have they they actually bring like machine gun buggies and like, you know, to show it off and they have videos of helicopters and these people crowd around and they want to go kill them. And I've always been, I'm the type of person that we kill a lot of deer, a lot of ducks and we eat and turkeys, we eat all of it and we pack our freezers full of deer. So yeah. if it's not something that I'm going to want to eat, it's kind of hard for me to pay someone to go kill it because oh, yeah. I don't care about that animal. Like if it doesn't taste yeah. good, what the hell? Yeah, I mean, we just, I mean, I eat everything that I normally shoot. Uh, I don't eat everything like a coyote, and I'll dump probably, like I said, 75% of my pigs. I mean, your freezer only gets so many, so full. Yeah, you can't eat uh, all those hogs. <laughs> uh, I mean, we, we really are eradicators, not, and, and the bad thing about uh, feral hogs is they carry so many diseases, uh, tuberculosis, stuff like that. And, um, uh, 
you're not allowed to donate them to food pantries. In the state of Texas, it's against the law to donate pigs to any food pantry or anything like that. Is that because, because of trig? Yes, because of all the diseases they uh, carry. Uh, they just it's just a more of a health uh, health reasons than you know they just they don't care about if the pig population gets out of control or not like that. And some people think that, that that's what they're trying to do. It's just really they don't want to be given this meat and then someone gets something from it. You know, uh, I mean, I, I wouldn't want to be helping somebody out. And then turns out they get a disease from the pig that I gave them. Yeah, for sure. I mean, on one, on one side of the coin, you think, cause up here, I don't know about down there, but up here, it's a big thing. Um, we have Baltimore, we have DC. I, I work construction in both areas. We have Baltimore and D.C. here. There's a lot of homeless. And so there's hunters for the hungry. Um, these these deer that, you know, if people get uh, crop damage permits for white-tailed deer, yep. those deer end up going to hunters for the hungry. Um, down there, it seems, I know that they carry diseases, but it's hard to, it's almost like, oh, it just feels like there's so much meat that could go to, you know, hunters for the hungry or something, right? Yeah, and, and, and we have those programs too, but, there is not one feral pig that gets put in any of those. I mean, that's we we do. We, you can give them away to individuals, but you know it's so hard to give. You know, we'll go kill thirty pigs in one night, get them all skinned up, throw ice, and and that's also thing for to keep them good. You'll have to actually not shoot as many because you're you know gutting them and uh, putting uh, ice in their cavity stuff like that. So you know we try to get as soon as we shoot them and someone wants some pigs we'll contact them and if they don't come they don't come and then uh, that's just it i mean it it, it it does suck but uh i think it's actually for the better that we, we don't do that i mean and, there, and then another thing we do with them which it's kind of starting to get really big um and we don't mind it because it helps us with ammo and stuff but um there's a lot of raw dog food companies out there that will take feral pigs, and uh, you have to gut them, and they'll take live ones too, and uh, you have to leave the heart, lungs, and liver, and they test for all those diseases before they process the pigs, and they make dog food out of it. And uh, okay, yeah. that's a good idea. Food. Yeah, and I mean it, it's not going to complete waste. You get paid on top of it, so it's not a really a bad thing. Um, COVID kind of messed all that up uh, just because of the cattle prices and everything like that going up. It was easier for these processing plants just to get cattle instead of, you know, make dog food for these people. So um, that's another thing. And it started to pick back up. Uh, we just got in contact with the company to, uh, let, so they, they'll, they actually take beer and everything like that. Uh, and they pay you by the pound and, they make raw dog food. It's 100% organic. They believe that, you know, your dog will live a lot longer, healthier life. Uh, I see it versus actual dog food. Um, but Yeah, yeah my dogs a, would love me to death if I, if I brought them a bunch of raw yeah. dog food. But I can tell you what, I'm not going to pay for it. <laughs> no, oh, yeah. yeah. And these guys, I'm going to tell you right now, if you, you'd be surprised. I'll, I know a few other owners, and there's people out there that will spend more money on their dog, what they eat versus what they eat. Yeah, that, eat that's McDonald's, crazy. But 
they're getting their dogs wagyu. I mean, that, some of this five pound is like ten dollars a pound, stuff like that. Do you guys use dogs at all, or are you guys just thermal hunting? So we used to, but man, uh, I'm not a big fan of dog hunting just because I, even though you have say you're going to go run dogs of five thousand acres, you're going to have a dog leave that property. And I know as a landowner now how mad I'd be if I see some dogs running through there just because <laughs> it's just it's my property. I don't want them on there, but I know what they're doing. But it, it became a very bad, uh, started getting pretty bad on, you know, your dogs getting off the property and landowners getting really mad at you for doing it, especially we're out in urban, very rural area and city people will come and buy this land and, and you know, you get the game warrant called on you and everything like that, even though, you know, that's just part of it. I'm just not a big fan of it anymore. I still love doing it. It's just, I hate that dogs want to, you know, they're going to go with Pixar. If they're not on that property, they're going to go to the neighboring property and neighboring property. And yeah, you you can't blame the dog. He's just doing it. He no. or she's just doing their job. Uh -huh. just... Yeah. And, and that's why we kind of got away from it. And, how the thermal technology has come from, uh, you know, what it was 10 years ago. Uh, I believe that thermal, thermal industry, the thermaling, uh, pigs is probably one of the best ways to, um, control the numbers. Um, now there's days where, you know, you might not, you might only shoot 10 in one night and the, you know, the dog hunters are going to be able to go out there and go in the woods and you kind of limit it with thermal. So that's, that's the only good thing about the dog hunters. Um, <clears throat> but at, in the long run, I believe, you know, if you do dog hunters versus uh, thermal hunters, um, you know, your thermal hunters are going to definitely eradicate more pigs at the end of the year than your dog, dog hunters are. So do you work with any thermal gear companies or like for your YouTube channel, do you like, uh, help help any of them out. I kind of help all of them out. Uh, actually, I work with a dealer called Nugget Night Vision in Illinois. He contacted me about three years ago. Um, he started seeing me on Instagram, YouTube, and he helped me out. And I was always a person who, you know, I, I want to see everybody's equipment, all their technology. I don't want to just go for one company and go for all, you know? And, uh, so he, he's a thermal dealer for pretty much everybody that makes thermals. And he sends me different thermals all the time. And I get in contact with those other, those, you know, Pulsar, AGM, Envision, and, you know, I send them contact, uh, contact information and videos and I'll do reviews over the stuff. And, uh, I will say if they're junk, if they're not, <laughs> uh, I don't, I'm not going to, you know, when someone spends money on the thermal, they're going to be at least spending, you know, three to three grand at minimum. Uh, but it is getting cheaper, but you know, if someone's going to spend three grand. I, I, I mean, they, they're going to, they got to expect, you know, a three grand product. And there's a lot of them out there that I don't think, uh, get up to that potential, but, um, I do work with a bunch of them. I just not one, one company and that's it. Um, I just something just came to my mind right when you started talking. What if, what are you guys allowed to? Are these hogs allowed to be ground up for fertilizer? Is there any way to do that? Uh, so uh, my wife runs a cotton gin, and uh, 
the burrs, the pretty much the stems and the burr around the cotton is made into compost, and we do use pig blood and animals to make compost out of them. Yes, so I guess, and we use that as a fertilizer as well, the compost. Well, I was just thinking that you might, I mean, there might be something there. What if you could, you know, take all these hogs you guys get and turn them into a sellable product? Like, I wonder if that's a, that's a yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean, we do sell and uh, I'll put pigs in there uh, every now and then. Uh, you know, it, they, it's so hot, it burns them up real quick. I mean, within a week, those pigs look like there's nothing of them, you know, just like your normal compost. And we do sell that. Uh, oh, okay. So, yeah, I mean, that's cool. You you can if you want to, uh, if if you really want to get into that, it's just the profit versus you know your your margins and everything. It's it's really kind of high to you know. I mean, I guess you can make a little bit of money back, but time you go with ammo and your thermal and everything and everything to make fertilizer out of it, it's really not that. I got gotcha. you. I've also Again. never heard someone use the term cotton gin in the twenty first century, so that's a first for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's really cool. <laughs> Yeah, we uh we are uh, second generation cotton genders. <laughs> so. That that is great. That is great. So yeah. so what is that? Is that just what you're calling like a like a a thread factory? Is that what you guys would make like threading? So that's a textile mill. Yeah, we yeah. actually take cotton and separate the seeds, the stems, everything, and none of that goes to waste. It all either you can make the birds into cattle feed or compost or fertilizer. The seed is for cattle. We have a, uh, a cattle feed that we make out of the cotton seed. And then the lint gets separated and shipped to the market. And usually, so all the textile mills, in, I believe, in the United States went bankrupt pretty much. Uh, and they send that cotton overseas to make, you know, your sheets and everything like that. That's really cool, actually. That's kind of like a little yeah. tidbit there. That's really cool. Uh, I, it's, a, it's a pretty cool operation. I, they, they still do it. They the same way they did it back a long time ago um, on the gin. Just it's just pretty much the same stand that separates it. It's just I mean the same type of uh, equipment. It's just a little bit better technology. I got you. Well, um, just to get back on track, is is there anything that you think could help? Either it be regulation, government wise, or government help or, you know, uh, a government program stepping in, do you think there's any one thing that could maybe double your production or really help what you do? Like, is there any one thing that you could think of that could really help you guys eradicate more of these hogs? Um, tell you the truth, I mean, we, we do it all. We trap, we run helicopters once or twice a year on some property, and we go thermaling twice a month. I, I really do not think that there's anything else that we can do to eradicate more pigs besides become better shooters. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's just it. I mean, trapping, you know, it has, its, you know, it, trapping can be good at certain months. It's very difficult to, you know, pigs to get used to the traps and get them. And, you know, they've, they've gone pretty far in trapping and it might take you a month before you can actually pull that trigger on that trap. Just, because you're trying to get the whole founder in there um helicopters you know that's probably the best way to do it um because it doesn't matter they, they, you're going to push them out of the woods get them in the open field and as long as you're good shots 
I mean, you can take them down. And then Thermaline, that's just something that you pretty much your basic landowners uh, can use to, you know, eradicate pigs. I mean, there it, it, it's very – everything you do for just trying to get rid of your pig problem is expensive. Those traps are expensive. Running a helicopter is expensive. The ammo, everything, uh, probably the best thing would make actually ammo cheaper <laughs> and become better shooters. But we we are we know the problem that we have, and we are doing everything in our power to control their numbers. And yeah, you, like, you talking about think, how expensive it is? I was just thinking, like, is there does the government could the government give a boost to the the hunters because obviously it's an issue that won't won't stop so money needs to go uh, somewhere to, to stop these hogs yeah. so the government really doesn't do anything of versus uh, i mean they do you know help you with insurance but it's a more of a county thing so there's a lot of counties in texas that will uh for that county if you shoot a pig might pay five dollars a year okay so kind of get that incentive to shoot more pigs and you know, so you you got to give them a pair of ears, cut both their ears off, and you go to the county, and they will pay you five dollars per pair of ears. And so, if you had more of that, that'd be nice. Uh, and if the government stepped in and maybe did something like that as well, uh, kind of boost that. You know, instead of five dollars, maybe ten dollars. There'll be a lot more people who uh, would be out there pig hunting. I believe. Yeah, for sure. I. I wrote this down. This is this is just really wonky. It's something that I thought about earlier today. Um, this is also kind of expensive. It would probably take some government help. But could you could you make a trench that's pretty wide, about ten feet deep, and then with ramps on either side, and then bait it, and then launch large rope nets on hogs and try to get a. I mean, if you bait hogs. Do does the entire group of hogs in that area work together to feed? Do they all come there if you were to bait those hogs? Uh, it, you know, it's all about their personality, and that's kind of like the hog. That's kind of like what we would do with hog trapping. Is uh, we'll use cameras, and you know, some of the sound. You know, they'll try. You know, pigs are smart; they pick up things quick. And um, if you don't get the whole group, you know, he might. I really think they go to another group and educate those other pigs like stay away from the corn and everything like that so it takes them a, that's what i was saying it might take a month for that whole founder to get in there but it barely and, and, and then if another sounder comes around that sounder usually tries to push that sounder off to, you're, you're you know, saying sounder what is, what does that mean for people up here nobody <laughs> knows sorry sounder is you know the group of pigs it's usually a bunch of sows it's piglets and maybe a loner boar and they're a boar Okay. You know, breeds those pigs. And he, he, he'll he stay in there until another boar, you know, fights them out and is the dominant boar. And then you have a lot of boars that are, you know, they just run around like deer doing rut all year round and just run around and they find a sounder, breed all of them and go to the next one. It's kind of, they have different personalities. Or uh, They'll stay with the sounder and then they have the ones that are, you know, chasing all year round. Okay, but, uh, yeah, that's something I didn't know for sure. Yeah, so uh, and and the and the those sounders will push other sounders out if over bait and everything. So uh, I mean that you could do that. Uh, I feel like people probably done that with like maybe tannerite and stuff like that. <laughs> but uh, well, that's kind of I mean, what I was thinking. If you if you could set up with thir- with 
a thermal scanner maybe or something and you could just get them all in there dump some rounds in there or whatever the case may be and then take the dirt that was in that trench this is this is my i'm an excavating foreman so this is just my mm-hmm. excavating thing i was like what if you could just slaughter a bunch of them and then take that same machine and just push that dirt right over top of them and there they are and just just pack the dirt and let them go that's their burial ground like i wonder if that would, would work <laughs> oh yeah that, that that could do it just getting those pigs in there and used to that and getting them those pigs all at one time is you know that takes a while that takes, you know, like i said maybe a month to get those pigs to come all the way to that bait uh some of the best places we kind of do that uh so around uh central texas we have a bunch of farmers who put uh hog panel fence up it's pretty expensive and uh, those pigs will go in there and they'll create one or two holes and when you go in there say you have a group of founder in there in that you know maybe a hundred acre 200 acre field that net wire and there's only two holes you get two shooters on each hole to plug it up pretty much like with your body sitting yeah. there with a trap on rifle and then you count down three, two, one, and you are able to <laughs> destroy the whole group. And, that sounds uh, like a lot of fun. Oh yeah. It's shooting a fish in a barrel. <laughs> I mean, it really is. <laughs> and, uh, that, that's, I mean, it sucks because those farmers spend a lot of money because they're out here where I live right now. The farmers, we don't really have a huge pig problem. So there's not net wire. There's no fencing at all. It's usually waterways uh, that in PVC pot that shows boundary lines. But over there, the pig problem is so bad that they have, you know, you're looking at all these thousands and thousands of acres. They net wire just for farming to keep the pigs out. Oh, I got and you. Okay. So you're, you're in East Texas. I'm, I'm Central East. Central East. East. Okay. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You and, like, you like Whiskey Myers? All over. What's that? You like Whiskey Myers? Oh, yeah. Isn't, oh, it, yeah. isn't, he, so isn't he from that area? <laughs> Yeah, he's from Palestine area. He's not too far from me at at all. <laughs> I just saw him in concert this fall up here in Frederick, Maryland. Yeah, he that's a heck of a band right there. Um, uh, but yeah, we hunt all over the state of Texas, so we get to see. You know, we're hunting farmland and then eat like river bottom thick stuff, and then also, uh, you know, West Texas, middle of nowhere rocky mountain areas where you shoot pigs. We kind of all over the state of Texas and get to see what kind of, you know, damage and what the pigs are like in every area. They're, they're, they are different uh, in every every area. So uh, it's kind of cool to see, you know, what the pigs can adapt to and the changes they go into depending on the terrain, and et cetera. All right. So before, before we hop off, I wanted to ask you, is there any other hunting or any outdoor stuff you like to get into, like let people know about? Yes. Uh, I'm very big into anything that I'm legally to shoot. Uh, we go Hell pretty yeah. hard on hunting. Uh, we, I deer hunt during usually just both seasons because in duck season, I'm a pretty adamant duck hunter. Yeah. Uh, so right now I'm about to go on a crane hunt, uh, in the morning. Uh, so waterfowl is really big and, uh, coyotes there in january and march and then pigs rest of the year i mean we shoot pigs all year round but uh our main times are usually around march to august we try to back off a little bit when the deer hunters come around just because we don't lease our land uh we just have free permission on it so um we don't have to uh 
be in be be hunting at night while they're trying to deer hunt in the morning kind of thing so we kind of stay back a little bit off that i got you do you what uh what's the landscape that you're hunting uh ducks on is that is it like lakes or rivers are you going down to the gulf what's that like uh farm ponds usually uh so we have a bunch of soil conservation ponds around here where it's a government program where they'll make these ponds for catching silts and everything yeah that's that's what i do for a living up here Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So yep. those, those ponds are great. They're super silty though, but, uh, they're really great. You know, they're 15 to 20 acre lake. Uh, we do hunt a bunch of small farm ponds, but, uh, we go to the East Texas on the river bottoms and hunt wood, wood ducks. It used to be really good mallards, but you don't really see many mallards anymore. <laughs> and then, uh, we come out here in the farmland and shoot widgeons and gadwalls. Are there a lot of redheads down there? I always hear Texas and redheads. Yeah. So if uh, if you go to the coast and you want to, I mean, even though you outline two, two redheads, uh, you will. It looks like snow geese hunting. You know how those snow geese come in and just tornado on you. That's how it is down there on the coast. Oh no, stuff. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, we have them up here, but not like that. Yeah. If you want to see ten thousand ducks, that's the, the coast, Texas coast, and not many people know. It is insane on the waterfowl. And then if you come late season, the pintails, I mean, you'll see those big groups of pintails, uh, divers, widgeons, teal. You know, it, it, it's absolutely insane the amount of waterfowl you see down there. And uh, I've only done it a couple times, but, I mean, I, I enjoy the heck out of it. The coast is it's kind of different hunting for me, but uh, it's a blast. It's, it's a blast. Yeah, I bet. I, you know, I always see the videos of the teal and the redheads and, all, you know, like your gadwalls and stuff down in Texas. And I'm like, there's days we go out up here that there's there, there might not be any birds flying around. Then I you know, flip through my phone later that day and I'm just, oh, great. Like these people limited out again on the Gulf Coast. Like, that's really cool. Like, I, I don't know. Like there's days up here. It'll be it'll be like bro- like tomorrow morning it'll be seven degrees we'll be on the water it's probably five on the water and it'll be cold. it'll be frigid cold all morning like and maybe not see a bird and then flip through my phone later in the day while my hands are thawing like at 10 o'clock and oh look there these guys down yeah, here we, in south that, just tore them up and it was 40 degrees today yeah i love to say that we, that what we like we think you know 40 degrees is pretty good duck hunting for weather for us so i like a cold front to hit wednesday and then duck hunt in 80 degree weather saturday so they go ahead and push down and then i get to hunt in 80 degree weather saturday yeah and the and the birds are just <laughs> hanging out like there's yeah. there's oh. old stories of the chesapeake bay being so cold that your finger like it, the whole the salt water was frozen and uh you know they would still kill a, you know a hundred canvas backs in a night back when they used to run outlaw guns and then yeah. n- nowadays i'll be out there shivering with my teeth chattering and not <laughs> you know see 20 birds that morning and get a shot at two like yeah. <laughs> it happens uh, like that yeah, i mean you definitely have to put your scouting in uh that's the only good thing about picking up all this hog property you know we get to get you know go shoot ducks on their property as well so uh you, we have to cover a lot of land and scouts, but uh, it's not bad hunting in Texas at all. It's probably I, this year is probably the hottest year I've actually duck hunted in, and it's probably been my best year. 
Yeah, well, it's been it's been like my worst year up here. So <laughs> that's cool. Uh, we, we might have got a lot of ringnecks this year, but uh, we've uh, been shooting a lot of widgeons and uh, gadwalls as well. Well, good deal, man. All right. Well, hey, before you go, why don't you let everybody know where to find you and on where? Uh, yes. If you look up Infected Outdoors on Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube, you'll find us there. Uh, and we do everything from thermal hog hunting to deer hunting to waterfowl and doves. So uh, go check us out. Thank you. All right, man. Well, thanks for joining me. And uh, maybe I'll get to talk to you later. Yes, sir. Take it easy. All right. Folks, as always, be sure to check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and on TikTok. Thanks, guys.